Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Paya Grojet, the unofficial podcast about the board game Gaia Project. I am Matteo El Temblo. Uh, with me is Simone Molfo. A very excited Simone today. Yes, uh, I bet you are, because I am too, because we're not alone this time. And with us, we have, I think, the, no offense for the others, but the most important guest of all time, because with us tonight is Helge Ostertag. Hello, Helge. Hello. Nice for you to have me here in your podcast. I'm excited well, too. Nice that you accepted our, our invitation. Yeah, that, uh, I completely agree. Probably the most anticipated guest of this, uh, of this podcast up until now, right? For sure. Okay, so Helge, well, we are, as you can imagine, a bit, uh, I mean, not embarrassed, but surely excited to have you here. Ho- honored so, uh, and confused. <laughs> sure. <laughs> surely honored. Well, let me ask you again then, because I asked you before, but um, how are you doing? Are you fine tonight? Yeah, I'm fine. I had a great day and um, yeah, um, it's a good day to have this conversation, I think. Um, I'm relaxed and I am anticipating it. Great, great. Uh, uh, sounds like the best possible mood, so that's yeah. great to hear. Okay, so as you can imagine, we are going to talk a lot about Gaia Project. We have collected a few questions from our listeners and, well, also lots of them come directly from us. Yeah, okay, let, let's, let's be honest. We've been waiting, to, you know, to ask a Helge question since, I don't know, 2017, since we started playing guy obsessively playing Gaia Project, so... Yeah, more or less, 2018 at least. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, uh, yeah, let, me, yeah. let me start with the first one, then I will leave you the, um, the other ones. So, Gaia Project, this may sound weird, and I am sure that you have already answer to something like this in the past. But uh, let's go back a bit in time. Terra Mystica was already there. And what was the, the reason? And, for... and was already a great game. It was already a great game, sure. Mm-hmm. But so what was the reason which led you and Jens, to whom we say a huge, uh, high, huge, uh, huge shout out yeah. for, for Heartfelt. Jens? What was the reason for developing a Gaia project? Uh, because if you thought that uh, changes or doing things better were, were necessary. Yeah, well, we had a lot of feedback to Terra Mystica and uh, a lot of enthusiastic uh, comments, but uh, there was one thing that occurred over and over again and that was a complaint about uh, the thematic setting. And a lot of players said, Oh, terraforming, that should be a setting in uh, science fiction. So we thought about that. And uh, well, of course, um, we tested Terra Mystica quite a lot, but um, you can't play the game as often as all the players together do. And so we gathered a lot of feedback. There was the Snellman site, and data came up and showed us okay, there are some imbalances. It was to be expected. Um, there is no such thing like a perfect balance. So we thought, how could we, uh, how, how will we handle this? And so um, we tried to, to, to bring the feedback about balance and also about the thematic um, need maybe for, for an, another theme. Um, we, we thought about that a lot and then we discussed, okay, let's, let's do a follow-up game like, like a sequel. And um, yeah, so we started to, to work on that. 
I think this is one of uh, the best possible answers that we could get because it's totally not anticipated the fact that there were, you know, background or setting that, you know, this, these elements were constant concerned with your with your you know with the with your what decisions. moved you to 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 create a yeah, Gaia project this is also interesting because uh, a common critique towards uh, Gaia project i hear is that uh, it's uh, thematic the theme is very thin uh, somehow I, i know where this comes from and that's i will say it's uh, the opposite between euro gamers and american gamers and american gamers they have a great emphasis on theme and yeah. the euro games they might origin from mechanics but i can assure you it was the same thing already for terra mystica i actually started with a theme and out of this theme i came into the mechanics and um, when when jens joined the development of terra mystica it was far progressed and um, But the world was the first thing where I wanted to have this setting in and maybe the, 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 the mechanic of terraforming. But uh, I started with theme and then I thought about mechanics to, to, uh, to bring this into a gaming world. But um, I think the, the um, expectations are quite different from, uh, I might say, European gamers viewpoint and an American gamers viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, When, when I hear theme is thin, I, I, I think it's uh, people who are expecting to have like, like a book, like an epic book brought into a game and there are a lot of chapters and there are a lot of storytelling elements. That's not part of the game. I'm, I know that. But uh, we started with the theme, actually. But then we used the theme to get into mechanics. All right. That's beautiful. Thank you. It is. Thanks. Um, so up to date, what's the... The, the aspect of Gaia Project, the element of Gaia Project, which you prefer, maybe in comparison with Terra Mystica? Well, I, I think um, it's a little bit more open. Sometimes, uh, especially for new players in Terra Mystica, they, they uh, experience to be boxed in. If they had a bad start in the game, it could happen to you. You could be cut off. But actually, that's the part a lot of gamers or players actually prefer. <laughs> Uh, from from Termistica towards Gaia Project. So Gaia Project, there's always something you could do the whole game. Even if uh, if you see you are not winning, but you are not completely cut off, that will never happen. You could always find a, a route around. And I think that's that's a good thing. That uh, it's a little bit more open. And um, what I mainly or what mostly like about Gaia Project is the uh, technologies, uh, the research board. I think that's quite. Uh, The biggest difference towards Terra Mystica. Yeah, and, I, I, I agree with that. Mostly replayable that often. It's, um, yeah, it adds sure. a lot of replayability and I think that's very good part of the game. Sure. Yeah, I, I, know, I know that it is, it is one of the elements that, you know, fascinated me the most when I, when I first started playing the game. So totally agree that the tech tracks and the tech tiles are, you know, really important, really interesting part. Of the game and also agree that in Gaia project you have this possibility of you know turning a game upside down we have seen that happen many times you know people having really bad starts and then 
and then you know uh, scoring and yep yep ending up scoring a lot of points anyways so you 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 spoke about balancing also uh, with respect to terramistica and saying that uh, you know there were after after some years i guess you you got the the, the idea of the balancing of the game was not perfect and As you said, it's, it's basically impossible to have a perfect balancing in a game which has asymmetrical factions. But how did you proceed when you started, uh, you know, beta testing the factions for Guy Project? We had a far bigger uh, pool of playtesters, and um, I don't know how long we playtested, but it was uh, for a longer time period. And we started our own um, playtesters forum where we gathered the feedback and um, so playtest we moved forward and backward and then we uh, met for a final playtesting session. We had um, like a meeting somewhere in the middle of Germany where a lot of German playtesters uh, uh, traveled to and I think for three days we just played non-stop Gaia project on four tables maybe and we had our internal um, high score. So like um, The players who were best, they had to play against each other. And we had like a ranking so that equal skilled players played against each other. And uh, yeah, then we, I think we had two days of this or the first day. And then we, we tried to, to have a closer look at some factions that were considered to be yeah, too strong, too weak, and did the final adjustments. So this is when the Lantids nerf happened because they are actually a quite strong faction if they have a little bit too much. And uh, yeah, after, after uh, Terra Mystica Fire and Ice, we decided it's better to have a faction a little bit lead, uh, weaker than too strong to, to be overpowered. Uh, better right. it's a niche faction than it's an overpowered faction. So that um, also happened there. And yeah, that was our uh, approach towards playtesting. So we had a month of playtesting and uh, different meetings. And then we had this final uh, meeting. It was organized by Feuerlandspieler. So yeah, I, I think we had a far bigger playtester pool than yeah. before. It shows that the game looks uh, super polished uh, and looks like it has been through a very thorough playtesting. So kudos for that as, as, for, as for all the rest <laughs> in general. But uh, speaking about factions, you spoke about the nerf bat, which hit Lentids. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm feeling like an inner conflict, you know, because Lentids are my favorite faction. And now I have here both their creator and the man who doomed them to those 13 <laughs> credits start. And I, I really don't know <laughs> what to feel, but... Um, I, I must say Lentids... Uh, The, the original faction design is mostly from Jens. He is uh, the Lentids player, and uh, every time we play test, and we are now playtesting an expansion for Gaia Project, he always wants to play Lentids. So these are by, by far his most uh, favorite faction. And um, I'm not sure um, if it's me or him or even the publisher who decided we had to do this big nerf. It's too, too long ago. I can't recall exactly, but no, no it worries. was a team decision, I think. Uh, okay, so right. because I, I sleep well knowing that Jens uh, will always be a defender for Lantids or, yeah. or whatever. 
But speaking about <laughs> faction, uh, Simone, you were saying. No, I, I was just thinking that it's not the first time that I hear that, you know, uh, a designer's favorite faction is the one that in the end gets nerfed. I mean, we know of other games where, where this happened. And there is some people who feel that Lantids have been nerfed um, excessively. But so Jens does not agree with this. Jens is still going strong with his Lantids. Yeah, well, for, for the ex upcoming expansion, um, we decided to give them a little boost again because, yeah, right. well, uh, we now have statistics coming in from, from different sources and, yeah, and also the, the general feedback was that nerfed too extremely and, yeah, I, I think we will do something against it. All right, I think this is well-deserved. And um, so I know, since we're speaking about factions, I know that there is a question that Matteo has been, has been waiting to ask for, well, for years now, we all have, oh, but Matteo yeah. in particular. Okay. So okay. I, I, I have to leave the floor to him for this one. No, well, but uh, no, in general, we collected uh, different questions regarding how uh, some faction got adjusted as they are, just, just out of curiosity. But my personal curiosity for years have been why the extra or two itars this i really cannot understand and this is what i'm asking you now yeah i i think um they were one of the factions that also were at a tipping point i think we 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 uh, tried out to to have a higher cost for for um, the burning of um, power tokens in the gaia I think sure. we, we, we tried out with five and this didn't work out. And I think they, they were one of the factions we had to um, try out the most in the final testing phase. So um, maybe it is a result from that because we, we played them for quite a long time with a five power cost, five power tokens cost. Mm -hmm. And um, it could, could be that, um, yeah, they were maybe a little bit too strong then, but um, their time was running out at the end. And um, so I, I think that's that's a result of that because I, I know they are one of the most powerful factions. Yeah, well, things and, happen. Um, they, they could easily could uh, could lose this, uh, but yeah, well, one, once it was out in print, there was no taking back. Yeah, of course. I think the sure. joke the joke goes that that or the Itars they stole it from the from the Firax because the Firax yeah, have I, I been nerfed so. with, with <laughs> one less or so <laughs> we would need a, a Gaia Robin Hood who steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Uh, so the problem is the problem is with the playtesting. You have different skill playtesters. That yeah. will always be the case. And um, if there's one faction that is good in strong players' hands. And uh, then you have a pool of playtests that there are middle strong players and they are not able to pull off a good game with uh, ETARs, for instance. And uh, we keep statistics and a lot of the statistics, they, they follow the, the middle strong players. So ETARs were ending up, uh, I think, to, to be uh, considered weaker than they actually are. It's the same thing with the Firax, I think. Um, there were some players who were really good at playtesting them, and so they they were considered too strong, and now they are very, very hard to play and uh, very setup dependent. Yeah, 
if the the game is on the market and we have statistics or feedback from a larger group of players, then uh, we we can see different outcome. But that's just not possible. We don't have uh, this kind of manpower to play to play test it uh, this extensively as it no, would sure. be. Uh, yeah, it would be great if it was possible to, but yeah. So I, I think that's yeah, it's a good joke. I think <laughs> well, the, the, the Purex could use this or. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Oh, and by the way, uh, you can finally and once and for all confirm that Firax is just uh, uh, fakirs with some letters inverted, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I, I knew that. I'm sure about that. Um, no. I think I, I took it from. I, I can't recall exactly, but I think there was a, a, some some some. Uh, some faction in a science fiction movie somewhere where I took this name and uh, worked a little bit with the the sound of the name. I think where it came from, it was F-I-R-A and X, and I, I changed it a little bit. So it ended up being an acronym of uh, Fakirs, which is funny. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it, it's fantastic. It was, it was not intended. No, seriously, this is news. This is huge news. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe. Okay, last uh, last question. I think about um, how the factions be get to become what they are now, and this is uh, specifically about a faction with which we have a special relationship, which are the Baltax. Oh, and no, well, uh, <laughs> it's just uh, just uh, just uh, uh, three curiosities. The first one is the, the academy, which gives you the button for four credits, yeah. was meant to avoid that they have an excessive number of QICs, I suppose, right? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, they were extremely strong. Oh. Okay. And the same goes for their uh, peculiar power cycle. Yeah. With, with, all, with only four starting power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, they were. They were. They were one of the strongest factions in playtesting, and we had to to to. To, to them be down. very careful to not make them too strong. Now they are very challenging to play, but you could have quite strong games with them, setup dependent, of course. I see. Yeah. Uh, the third and the last question from me on this is um, very important, and there's a correct answer. So please focus. Do you think that right now Baltax are overall the worst faction of all? <laughs> No, no, no. Ah, no. you killed no. me. Okay, satisfaction <laughs> no, denied. No, no. There are other factions that are, of course, much weaker. Okay. All right, but Helga doesn't know that this this has been a recurring theme in our in our episodes that we have been trying to convince people over and over again that Baltas are the worst faction in uh, in Gaia Project. Now it is, is a mission that we have. But oh no, no, no! You, you can't you, you can't convince me. No. Dang. Okay, I, I will cut this one then. But right. um, <laughs> yeah, edit this. You know, just oh, oh, yeah. Maybe I can take another yes from this same. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Very synthesize. <laughs> you can synthesize Helga's okay, voice. Uh, what What is the, the second weakest faction in in your opinion? That's a good question. I think in in the in the faction rankings that we did, we had Lantids as uh, the second weakest, Matteo. Yes, we did. To date, I just think Atlantids are super niche because uh, there are a very limited 
set of setups, sorry for mm -hmm. the unintended pun for them. When they are there, they're very strong. You know, recently I've been reconsidering a lot Firox because uh, it's very hard to both play them well. Well, I mean, uh, scoring as much as you can to in order to win the game and without being super boxed by other players. I, I think you end up sacrificing too much with them, but it, it's just uh, opinions shift and that's, and that's great. No, but I agree with, the, with these. And I think we, we, we said it a lot of time that we are biased towards Firak because me and Matteo, we, we, we both love to, to play Firaks, but it is also true that we have to admit it's very, very hard to win with Firaks in a, to, to score, in a competitive basically. settings. Yeah, yeah. I, I just have a group uh, from Sweden who are helping me play test the expansion. And their strongest player, he is particularly good with Spherox and managed to, to pull off a lot of wins with them. So, yeah, I think there are some players who, who really uh, get how to play one faction. Um, let me tell you the, the episode about the uh, um, engineers in Terra Mystica. They were considered to be a very weak faction at the beginning until more and more players figured out how to play them. And now they are one of the strongest factions. And uh, yeah, I, I think, um, of course, it's a little bit different in Gaia Project, but still, maybe there are some factions um, that have a steeper learning curve or, uh, or it took, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took a longer time to, to learn how to play them a little bit better. I don't know. Okay, but so yeah, I think Ferox are one of the more difficult factions and not so versatile as like others. Sure. In the end, I would say Xenos, you know, because Xenos have both the ability and the problem that they are very versatile, but maybe this leads you not knowing on which direction to go, uh, which is the right path for me now. I don't know. Maybe I should go up the QIC track. Uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe I should go up the navigation track, but this conflicts with the QICs. This is the problem I encounter when playing Xenos. Uh, most of the times, but it could be, yeah. I think that in the end, you're right. It depends on the player because there are both play styles uh, and uh, personal preferences, which uh, grant you better results in with one faction or with another. I don't know. I, I find it interesting because I, I uh, uh, encounter different uh, play styles, like in, in kind of group thinking, and uh, it's particularly true for, for playtesting when we have uh, fixed groups of playtesters, and in one group there's this play style, in the other group there's another play style, which is very interesting to, to see. And if you have a regular group where you mainly play your games, I think this kind of group thinking isn't that seldom, so yeah. Maybe that's true for some of the factions that um, if you have a typical way to play, then you can't pull them off, maybe. I don't know. Well, this brings me to a question. I agree with you. A meta is inevitably always created, no matter how big the group. So how do you interact? How do you deal with that? I mean, do you follow up? on the meta of the games that you have created, like I think mainly through platforms such as uh, Board Game Geeks, uh, for instance, um, you, you refer to the fact that you had seen statistics recently for Gaia Project. And I don't know if you've been having a look at the statistics that um, Arun, that is a roadrunner, has been publishing on Board Game Geek recently. Yeah, yeah. I, I refer to these statistics. Um, mm -hmm. And I think he took it from this uh, I.O. site where you can play uh, Gaia Project for the longest yep. time now. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, when when Terra Mystica was out there and uh, then Snellman did his implementation, we we followed it very closely for the first years. Now, uh, not any longer, but uh, actually for the fire and ice expansion, we used the Snellman side. So I, we 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 gathered these kind of statistics for for Terra Mystica. It took some time. It, only recently that uh, some statistics are available, so I don't know uh, how much they will affect us. But um, for for the expansion, I refer to all these uh, uh, statistics that were available, and also the the feedback of uh, how players that are active in botany consider the, the strengths and weaknesses of factions. So yeah, that's what what, what I do. I interact with with the, the feedback that is public. Great. Uh, since we're talking about Arun, I, we have a couple of questions coming directly from him, and I would like to ask you those. But this one is indeed is very interesting because it is, uh, well, he starts by saying that to him, it is like Gaia Project is the best ever game can be. And I just want to bring this to you. But this said, uh, how does one go about building on it? How do you draw the line between, okay, this makes a lot of sense to add in versus, okay, now it feels like I'm just adding in elements and mechanisms for the sake of it. And then he asks, uh, how long did it take to design Gaia Project and or Terra Mystica? Yeah, well, uh, Terra Mystica took far longer because uh, the first uh, step started in the mid-90s. So I, I think somewhere else I talked about uh, uh, development time of about 12 years, but not constantly. There were bigger oh. and smaller pauses in between, but still, I think that's about accurate, about 12 years. Uh, for Gaia Project, it was much faster because we had the, the game already, Terramistica's mechanics, yeah. where we could base it on. And so I think it was about two years, two and a half years for, for Gaia Project. Yeah, I think that's about right. What about the design then? Uh, okay, I want to add this and okay, no, let's stop. Uh, it's fine now. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, you always have uh, the option to add more and more and more. And I think the uh, more interesting part is to leave things out and uh, see uh, how much is sufficient to have a good game. Oh. Um, I think it was more in this direction. I can say it for, for Terra Mystica. There were far more buildings included in the beginning and the game lasts longer and so on. And so for, for Gaia Project, I had this in mind already. So um, it was about keeping it as clean as possible, but also have new options. And um, well, I think the the research tracks, yeah. But I, I, I if I recall correctly, it was, it didn't take that much time actually to, to eliminate things most of the playtesting or of the designing uh, on development development time went into uh, creating these different factions so so the rest the the, the base the basis like the sectors and the tech tree and so on yep. this was uh, done quite quickly i think in comparison to the factions all right okay enough with what happened in with Guy Project and how what brought to its creation? So a question that we wanted to ask you is: Well, this is related to uh, what we were discussing before your engagement with the community. So the question is: Do you still 
play Gaia Project. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> on, on a regular basis. Oh, okay, so you're like us. You never, you never get bored. <laughs> it was just released on Board Game Arena, and uh, me and my local group, we since the pandemic, mostly met on uh, Board Game Arena for for our uh, playing sessions. So we, of course, played it there. And um, once the digitized app was released, I also played it quite a lot just to, to figure out how good the app actually was. And I think it's uh, quite strong, far stronger than the Terramistica uh, UI or app. Yeah, so yeah, I played quite a lot. But uh, in real life with persons on the table, this, uh, oh, I think this is a few years back since I last mm. played it. Okay. Actually. Are you after the... The boards, uh, the meta, the community of, of, of gamers, or maybe you prefer to watch things from a distance? I, I think I know the answer because you basically answered me, but anyway. Well, once once the game is released, I, I'm interested in the feedback and then uh, I, I, I follow the threads on Bot Game Geek. And so, yeah, I, I observe what, what goes on in the community. Thanks. And uh, by the way, uh, did the game take some? Uh, directions that you weren't expecting? Something it's... that you didn't anticipate in terms of general strategies or strategies connected to a specific uh, um, faction that you have seen uh, done and you were expecting? Yeah, well, um, it was interesting to see that Ambas were considered very strong in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, not any, any longer. I think they are okay, but uh, not that strong. Um, I'm a little bit uh, astonished that uh, Terrans are that good. Um, yeah, I thought they are beginner friendly, but uh, they, they still seem a very, very popular faction, even amongst uh, skilled players. So, yeah, that was a surprise for me, I think. Really? Um, yeah, I, I thought maybe there, there are other factions that were more interesting after some time, but yeah. And a special direction, I can't say, because um, the, the statistics are still very fresh. And yes, um, yes. It's, it's different than the Terramistica, where we have a few years already. Yes. And it's Terramistica tournament and so on. But I think uh, with Board Game Arena, um, something like this will happen also, that we will see a league thing or a tournament style. It's yeah. very interesting to, to have a game out there where such a big community plays tournaments, actually. And yeah, I'm very curious what will happen to the Gaia project in this regard. Great. I think that the Ambas have the problem that uh, they maybe are beginner friendly because you just first move, go to NAV2, and then you can expand, build up a bit. But their problem is the other side of the board because if you pick brown, you'll say, okay, maybe I'll pick Ambas or maybe I will just pick this incredibly Excellent. super super skilled faction <laughs> which can do basically everything in the world. I, I don't know. For Terrence, I think it's because they're very layered in my opinion because it, you can just, I don't know, rush guy forming or navigation or if you're more skilled, 
you can build up more and they end up being very interesting providing you have enough transdims i suppose yeah the fact with terrans is also that they excel at most uh, main objectives in the game and so this is probably one oh, of the right. things that that you know that help keeping them you know one of the top ranked factions probably yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, last question. Then I think we can talk about the expansion. What, what do you think? Yes. Uh, what uh, everybody's but, been waiting for. <laughs> exactly. They will skip to this uh, very moment. But mm -hmm. there is one last thing that I really want to ask you, and it's this one, because we players tend to be more or less obsessed by the very notion of uh, balancing. Mm -hmm. Also, you before said that uh, some factions were imbalanced, which is something that can happen for sure. But what's your, your idea of balancing? Because to me, it looks like Gaia Project with its variable setup and also Terra Mystica in a lower regard because the map is, uh, is fixed, but it's more or less the same. To each new game gives you a new imbalanced situation which uh, you have to read and maybe big factions and make decisions in order to take advantage of that imbalancing. But uh, I don't know if this is the idea. How, how do you know? I mean... How can you tell that, say, Gleans are too weak or Taclons too strong? I think uh, Gaia Project is an expert player's game in this regard because uh, before you start to play, actually, uh, there already has to happen a lot of planning and strategizing pre-game or before the game. So you have to read the map. You have to read the complete setup from scoring objectives uh, in-game and end-game and all these uh, booster tiles and um, so uh, and also what is on the research track what what can i achieve what what do i have to, to do for this and um, so um, i think there is some some possibility to balance out things by this also we had this this room with the, the rotating sector tiles which helps but um, i think there will happen something like uh, Maybe sooner or later on board the marina that you you have to to do a bidding, uh, an auction in the beginning to to balance it further out. But the the, the general problem is with these kind of games where you have uh, different player powers or uh, player power variability. Um, of course, as a game, as a player, I wish uh, it was uh, it would be possible to to have balanced factions, but. Then on the other hand, everyone wants to play these different uh, uh, abilities. So um, how can different things be balanced? That's uh, I, I think that's uh, it's like uh, an unsolving pro an unsolvable problem. Yeah. It can't be perfect balance. If you want different uh, player powers, then there must be a difference. And uh, if you have setup variability. Then of course this this will lead to this. So um, yeah, it, it would be great if it was possible, but I think ultimately you have to accept that there will always be some kind of imbalance if you want this wide range of variability. So yeah, sure, sure. Yep, yep, agreed. And but since we're talking about balancing the faction, possible balance of the factions. Um, Will the expansion help with that in some way? Of course. Um, I looked through these uh, different threads um, talking about which factions are strong and which ones are weak and so on. 
And um, what, what I can tell you, uh, the expansion comes as a whole package. So you can't just take uh, some aspects and only play with the base game if you want to have rebalanced factions, that is. So um, there are elements that will help rebalance the factions, but they need to be played with the complete set of the expansion. All right. So yeah, we, we will address that. Okay, great. So is that the main reason for uh, designing in the first instance an expansion? Or you just wanted to add some mechanics, uh, some dynamics, I don't know. Yeah, the, the main reason is to, to keep the game fresh. So um, we maybe you, you uh, noticed that the last expansion for Terra Mystica wasn't uh, done by ourselves, but by two, two players uh, who were uh, very interested to, to develop this expansion. And one of them, um, he reached out to us and wanted to do something very similar for Gaia projects. And the publisher said, oh yeah, maybe. And then we said, no, 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 that's our game. And if there is to be an expansion, we will do it ourselves. So um, yeah, it was uh, that was one of the reasons, but the other reason was, I think the game is now long enough on the market and uh, the, the time is ripe to have an expansion. Um, but yeah, so, I think it's not to rebalance was not the main focus, but of course it's a side product. I think, and um, yeah, so to add so something new, something fresh, and to to even add more replayability and some new factions, of course. Uh, uh, to be honest, I don't think that replayability at the moment is an issue because I think I have yeah, like I, know, I, <laughs> I have something like three hundred games under my belt, and Simone uh, more or less the same, if not more. But uh, yeah, I, I realize um, where that comes from. Yeah, and so what can you tell? us about the new faction, the new components that is not under some, you know, undisclosure agreement or something of the sort. Yeah, we, we, are, uh, we have reached the moment where we will just talk about portals so that you know. And <laughs> we, we, we three uh, have a video conference. I will just show you this board. Oh my God, guys, we are seeing these. You are not seeing these, but we are. What you see here is um, the uh, portal board. So uh, the expansion will evolve around portals. We will um, have a different map layout where there will be small holes in between. And then we'll add a new tiles, hex tiles, and some of them are portals. And you will be able to enter these portals. And um, you know from the base game, there are these QIC actions. Yes. Which are on the research track. And they will be covered in the expansion. and um, you have to enter portals to do special actions like uh, QRC actions and other power actions. So uh, this is one part of the game. So there are new kind of interactions with map and action spaces. And then uh, we have new sectors, uh, so-called edge sectors, smaller sectors, and uh, they will be outside the main map. So um, they will always be far away from the center. And there are some scoring opportunities, and uh, one uh, some of the factions they uh, they are specialized on new types of planets. We have asteroids and gas planets, and you will find them on, on these edge sectors. 
as well as of some of the new hex tiles to be added in the holes in the, in the map. Um, yeah, we will have four new sections. Are the mission boards still in? Because I, I read something from the from the preview you gave on yeah, BGG. No, no, we 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 kicked them out again. Um, the oh. extension developed further, and um, they they are no no longer needed. Um, oh. It was a cool. step in between, but uh, once they were out, uh, the expansion was smoother and uh, more eligible to play. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, what happens most, I'll show it again to you, so you get more of an idea. You have uh, these uh, alpha, beta, gamma, delta portals, and each has um, like three different action spaces. And then once you're in a portal, you gain access to additional um, technology spaces. So if you want to build a lab, for instance, you could use the technology found inside a portal. And uh, there are also places for um, portal federation. So once you entered a portal and you form a federation, you could also take one of these, but they are just one stem available. So there are special federations. You are aiming to get them, but of course it's a race again. And we have one portal, it's the beta portal. We have these four spaces where you can find artifacts like alien artifacts and um, as you can see, you need uh, to sacrifice power tokens at the cost of six. Yes, and then six power tokens. Take one of these, and uh, there will be sets of artifacts, so there will always be some kind of variability. Yeah, and uh, the, the game uh, opens up for, for a lot of new routes to take and uh, a creative playstyle because, um, yeah, you could follow up just for far, far more strategies than in the base game now. I want so, this so bad. <laughs> I want this I want so it, bad. I want it now. I cannot wait. <laughs> I want this so bad. And, no, but, and, uh, it's still but developing, we, right? Of course, we add new stuff like new round boosters, new endgame scorings, and um, new uh, round scorings. One, this is my favorite new round booster. Uh, it gives you an income of three power. You, right. you charge three. And this action is instant Gaia forming. So you instantly transform a transdimensional planet into your Gaia planet, and you don't need power tokens to sacrifice for it. So that's a powerful action and opens up for very new strategies. And it's very interesting to take this time. Right, my life has been changed forever. Like mm -hmm. I, I won't be able to look at the world with the same eyes now that I know that this exists. Yeah, but you need to have the the appropriate level, at least one in Gaia forming, or it of can. Course, you need a Gaia former to uh, be able to do it. Okay, you, you need one. Okay, great. Yeah. This will Yeah. No, this will power up about tax a bit, which I don't like. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, awesome. Uh, is there going to be a round scoring bonus for research labs? Because there isn't one. So, okay, is is getting it? I, I suppose there. Okay, it's <laughs> it's going to be four okay, points can, for four research. points for for research lab and three points yeah. for mine. One is if you um, enter or colonize a planet in a new sector, in a sector oh. you haven't been in so far. 
Oh, this is, I see. Oh, this is so interesting. Three points for each. Also the small adjectives. This is super interesting. Yep. Super interesting. Yep. And, and also, um, my our playtesting group suggested to make um, terraforming strong again. That was the exact phrasing. <laughs> so um, I think we will add another of this one. Whoa! Yes, yes, we love Whoa. this. We were hoping, we were so hoping for this, guys. This is three points for each. Three step points for step. step. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, is uh, could lead to a game where terraforming could be quite important if it's twice in the game. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. The the one thing you remember, Mateo, the one thing we were always saying were, when we were still playing live with our traditional gaming group is that. Uh, in the same way that Gaia forming factions have two round scoring objectives dedicated to them, then terraforming faction deserve one too. And, and now we got this. Yeah, yeah. So, my, so happy. My favorite endgame objective. The, the greatest distance between your planetary institute and an academy, both academies? Yeah. One academy, one of your two academies. Yes. I, I like I like this one too. I, I think yeah, positional positional objectives are the funniest in in Gaia project. So this is this is a very welcome addition. Yeah, there, there's new stuff happening, and um, you you uh, oh, maybe just one glimpse at one of these uh, new factions could be funny. Um, look at their name. The space giants. Ah, that that was the next question about the four new factions. This is. Space giants, and um, as you can see, they start with just one mine on a gas planet. Uh huh. Oh, so two new types of uh, planets, uh, like asteroids and gas planets, and um, yeah. So they they why are they called space giants? They have this uh, action space available, which means they can once per turn do a double dig. But yeah, they. They indeed are the giants of Terra Mystica in, in yeah. Gaia. And uh, of course, uh, every planet type costs them to terraform. Sure. But they still, they are strong um, and they don't need the Planetary Institute to perform this. So they just have this action available, which makes them a little more versatile than the giants in Terra Mystica. Yeah. So um, we have two different new planet types, gas planet, Asteroids and two faction boards, so wow. double-sided. And ah, yeah. Uh, which are the new colors going to be? By the way, do you already know? Maybe not. I think um, we will take maybe like uh, turquoise, something like this, like like this uh -huh. for gas planets, maybe. Nice. Um, or it could be pink, maybe. I'm not sure. I did the publisher's decision and. Uh, Plus one for pink from me. And for the other question, <laughs> I think for, for asteroids, it could be black. We don't mm. have black. I see. I'm not sure. I, I publish a website. Okay. Can you tell us something about, uh, since we're here, Darkanians, Tinkeroids, and Guardians? Yeah, we have... We have um, okay, I, I talked about space trans. We have uh, Guardians. We have these portals. No, actually, we have this portal board. And the uh, Guardians are a faction that start already with a presence in one of these portals. So, like, they are guarding this portal. Um, so, that's their special treat. And um, 
they actually are still in the making. There are some changes to happen. We have Tinkeroids. Uh, they have a very interesting um, Planetary Institute. Uh, they have this special action. Um, it means they choose each round one of their six uh, Tinkerer tiles. So the, the special action for the Planetary Institute changes for each round. And they have six different uh, actions and they are uh, divided into rounds one to three and rounds four to six. So the stronger ones will come later in the game and before a round they have to decide which actions to take. So it's like they have an additional round booster in some way. Yeah, fun to play. I like them very much. Um, they are interesting and uh, very different. And then we have... Uh, the Canyons, their special ability also is connected to the uh, Planetary Institute, as you can see. Um, when they enter a new sector, colonize a planet in a new sector, they get resources for it. And so they they have, great, or have a great objective in uh, expanding uh, quickly and uh, throughout the whole map, which I think is fun. Yeah, they should. I think they will perform well in with the sector's main objective. Yep. Yeah, the section that starts in two research areas. Oh, finally, finally, a faction which starts at level one in two <laughs> technologies. This is this expansion is going to add so much. I yeah, and it's, go it's going to entirely disrupt the game as we as we know it. I think because uh, even just the fact that QAC actions will no longer be available. This will dramatically change the way in which, uh, um, I mean, they're not available unless you enter a portal, of course. Yeah, but and, uh, this, this makes a great difference. Um, so you can't be sure to get every one of them because you, you have to decide in which portal you will uh, be yep. active. It comes with a cost to enter, or portal comes with a cost. And um, yeah, in, in the moment it is uh, five victory points to pay to enter a portal, so you need to decide if it's worth it to, to enter it. And of course, you need to be in range to enter a portal, and they are spread over the map, so it's not that easy to reach every portal in the game. And if it's late in the game, you start to calculate, is it worth the five points I have as an entry cost? And if other players are already in there, they will see it coming. If I enter the portal as an action and then I want to do something, the other players just grab it away before I can make it. So it's, there are a lot of interesting decisions and a lot of timing aspects. And um, yeah, I, I um, quite enjoy the playtesting so far. Yeah, I can imagine that. I cannot wait to play it. And I think many of our listeners feel the same to the point that somebody asks us, how does one get to be a part of the playtest for the expansion? Is that even possible? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure when we will have a greater community for playtesting. Um, I meet with a publisher this Thursday, and I don't know, maybe we'll discuss it there, but um, I can say that the expansion will be published earliest in uh, 23, because the next year will be a Terra Mystica year. There will be some uh, publications, and so the publisher already made made it clear that uh, the expansion isn't to be expected before 2023. So yeah, maybe the playtest has to wait a little bit because uh, 
it has to be coordinated and uh, normally the publisher does this because it's a great amount of work going yes. into creating the forum and uh, to, to keep contact with all interested playtesters. So normally the publisher does this for me. And um, since he has no resources so far, I, I know at, at Thursday we will talk about it. I all see. right, well... You're working, so you're working on a lighter version of Terra Mystica now, right? Um, that was someone else. They, they approached oh. us and said, we have a family version and uh, this will be published next year. I see. We replaced it, play tested it, but um, it was good. So, yeah, we said, okay, that's good. I see. Maybe so, you, you know the game from uh, the German publisher Hans and Glück, uh, um, what is it called? Stone Age, they have this game. I, I think it's available. In, they had this uh, version, the Stone Age Junior, and this wasn't the same game designer as the original game. So that's something that publishers like to do. And sure. I agree to. Sure. Simon, you were oh. saying? No, I, I was just saying that we'll be here waiting for when the play tests start. I'd say <laughs> when that happens, give, give us uh, a shout. But no, seriously, um, I have to say that one good thing that happened during the, the, the pandemic is that it created the perfect storm for Gaia Online to really take off because um, I, I, it really wasn't a thing before, before 2019. And it has now created a, a very active very uh, community of players. Uh, I, I would say very strong players. Too strong and, recently. Too strong uh, recently. Well, too strong. Yeah, too strong for us because, yeah, we used to be good. We're not good anymore. No, we're oh. declining. We're declining. <laughs> but this, this is to say that, the, you know, there, there's plenty of people out there who I know could do a, a very good job on, on, on a playtesting for, for an expansion. So yeah. we, we really hope to see that work out. We can find someone, uh, some, some quality people for you. If uh -huh. you want yeah, better, better than us, better player than us. <laughs> no commission sucks. Okay. Uh, Helge, yeah. I, I think that uh, we can say thank you a lot for being here with us. With us. It's been very fun and, uh, well, a bit of a horror for me, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. As a matter of fact, can I can I uh, end this with this quote from from Arun again? That is Ooh. exactly what I wanted to do. All right, so go go for it. No, 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 you do. All right, so uh, well, Arun ended his his email that he sent us in which you know he asked ask uh, can you ask Elge this? Can you ask Elge that? And and then in the end he said, all in all, one under respect to Jens, you and your team for designing this monster of a game. In my opinion, the greatest game of all time. Uh, I, I have to say that I mostly agree with Arun. I was um, totally enthralled the first time I got to play um, Gaia Project. And I think at least in the context of, of Euro games, um, yeah, Gaia Project really made a difference. Really, you know, it, it, it set a record. And after, you know, after, after going Gaia Project, I was not able to go back playing, I don't know, Puerto Rico, Terraforming Mars, all games that I loved. But, you know, in my life as a gamer, there is a pre-Gaia Project and a post-Gaia Project period, I would say. That's great to hear. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I can just add that, um, well, it's... Uh, no, I will just add this. Not a personal quote, but... It's, you know, 
it's fantastic to hear that in 2021, with uh, such uh, a, a, bulimic, a bulimic market of games market, with games coming out, uh, I mean, a bazillion games a year, mm-hmm. uh, 100 yeah, games yeah. a month, yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's somehow soothing. It's uh, it's refreshing to know that there are people like you and Jens and, and also uh, people in Feuerland which believe in your project, this is not to underestimate, that take their time in designing and polishing and testing and testing again and pouring lots and lots of energy into making their games so special and destined to last this long. This is very important for me as, as a person in general and as a player. And I would really like to thank both of you for this huge effort that you do. You. I, I believe for yourself first, but also for all of us. So, well, congratulations and thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, to, re- to respond to that, um, when I look back at my uh, career as a gamer, which a player, which started quite early because my father as a student, he uh, invited all his friends to us at home. And then we, as small kids, already played these uh, big games at this time. But uh, when I look back, there were already always some games that I played over years and years and years. And um, I liked it to to be able to go back to a setting and it's a familiar thing and still it's something new and I wanted to create something like that with Terramistic and of course with Gaia Project so a game where you can return to and uh, it's still fresh and still new and um, still challenging uh, after many many plays so yeah and I hope with an expansion we will uh, keep this challenge fresh for everyone and yeah, I hope you can enjoy the game even longer. I'm yeah, sure. we hope we hope that too, and we are rather optimistic about that. I'd say. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, so right? thanks again. Is there something which will uh, finally say to the fans of your board game before we say hello to you? Yeah, well, um, uh, hello out there, everyone. Um, I hope you all came good. <laughs> uh, through the year because it was quite challenging outside of gaming and I, I think uh, when I speak from my experience to, to meet other people still if it was only online but to meet other people to play together um, it was quite enjoyable in these uh, past two years and I hope you all could enjoy uh, spending a lot of uh, playing time together to, to, to have fun and um, yeah have a good time so have a good time, everybody, and uh, take care of yourself. All right. Thanks a lot. I think this is it. I think yeah. everybody who has listened to this is, has not been disappointed. I, I'm sure that all the um, Guy Project fans out there will be really happy. And so, Matteo, to you for some concluding remarks. Okay. So, well, no, not much to say, actually. Thanks a lot again for Helge for being yep. here. Please, uh, bring our respect and uh, say hello to Jens. Uh, I do. Us. I do. Absolutely. And but also, thanks to all of you who have been listening to this episode. And thanks to all of you for being part of this uh, flourishing community yep. of Gaia Project. So 
hear you on the next episode of Pi Project. Bye. 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 B